was a young boy, I dreamed of becoming a coding <laughs> expert. <laughs> not, not true. Not even close. Welcome back to Progress Notes, a podcast keeping tabs on the practice of psychology. I'm Hannah Calkins, and for our second episode, I spoke with Dr. Antonio Puente, the president of the American Psychological Association for 2017. His goals for his presidency are informed by his experience as a clinician, as a teacher and researcher, as a Cuban immigrant, and last but not least, as an expert on the current procedure terminology codes. Before we begin, I should note that while Dr. Puente is now well into his presidency, this interview actually took place last December before he began his term. Buenos dias. My name is Antonio Puente. I am a professor of psychology at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, and I'm also in private practice with a practice limited to clinical neuropsychology. In addition, I hold appointments at other universities. The primary one is the University of Granada in Spain, where I teach on a regular basis. I might add that beyond the typical activities. We run a free clinic and we've been doing that for about 15 years and I am the co-founder and co-director of that clinic. One thing that I think is unusual about me in particular and that will be reflected in my presidency, I'm not sure that we've had a president who actually has taught, done research, provided clinical services in pro bono and for profit, as well as done high-level policy work. So it's unusual in that regard that I cover all the bases of APA. And my focus has been on making sure that APA is at the table in healthcare reform as we move forward into uncharted territory and waters. And specifically, what has been of great concern to me is that of the 13 professions that provide services at the doctoral level in healthcare in the United States, we're the only ones who are not considered physicians. Makes no sense. We made a mistake in 1964 with the onset of the Medicare law and 1989 with the Social Security Act. It's our time, it's our right, and our responsibility. Adding psychologists to Medicare's physician definition is part of Dr. Puente's broad vision for psychology and healthcare. He plans to help steer the healthcare system toward an integrated, efficient, and humane future. Historically, we have not practiced psychology until the 1950s or 60s. The advent of the Veterans Administration System, licensure, insurance reimbursement, it's all relatively new in our 125-year history. One of the things that's particularly curious is how is it that we play a role in this delivery of health care? We have slotted ourselves over the last half a century to be the best mental health care providers. I want to make sure that we go from two or three percent of the healthcare dollar to 100% of the healthcare dollar. And by doing so, we do two things. First of all, we expand the scope of practice of psychology from mental health only to all of health. Two, we bring increased efficiency to the healthcare system that is clearly broke. And by doing so, you also bring costs down. One thing we can do is we can integrate psychology in all of healthcare. For Dr. Puente, making sure that there are billing codes available to psychologists that truly reflect what they do is the key to integrating psychology into healthcare. Dr. Puente has the strategy to make it happen. In fact, he's been doing it for years. At the bottom line is the economic 
reimbursement for psychologists. I've been working since the late 1980s and continue working with the American Medical Association and CMS in terms of what we call the current procedural terminology. And what we've done over the years is increase the scope of practice by increasing the number of procedures that we have and then getting those procedures reimbursed at a reasonable level. And finally, getting insurance carriers to accept, implement, and distribute the funds accordingly. So it's a three-prong approach, and we've been doing that for a long time. It's a new healthcare world out there. And we can't sit back and be upset about who has been elected president. We have to roll up our sleeves and get in there and start finding our place or where we're going. It's important to know that we have to participate in the democratic process. When I recorded this interview with Dr. Puente last December, and in fact until very recently, he and other psychologists were deeply concerned about what they feared would be an imminent and destructive repeal and replacement of the Affordable Care Act. While that fear has been thwarted for now, Dr. Puente's commitment to preserving the mental health care coverage guaranteed by the ACA still stands. I think that mental health will probably be the greatest loser in this particular fight. And we will have to band together with our brothers and sisters, people that have all taken a hit because of this, and make sure that the key provisions involving the mental health of the poor and the afflicted are not thrown out. There are many things we can do, and maybe some things that could do that are improving of the Affordable Care Act, but we cannot get rid of taking care of people that are afflicted and poor. So can we focus on the different provisions? Can we improve on those provisions? Can we even make a better health care law? Possibly. This is not the time to get angry. It's the time to solve problems. If you want change, get involved. If there's ever, ever, ever a time for us to engage ourselves, this is it. This is the time for action. I'm Jennifer Johnson, Director of Psychology PAC. Psychology PAC supports congressional candidates of both parties who have demonstrated their support for psychology and psychologists. If every psychologist gave just $25 a year to the PAC, we would raise more than $2 million. That's enough to guarantee the advocacy we need to make a huge difference in Washington. It would also make our PAC one of the nation's leading healthcare political action committees. For more information, please visit supportpsychologypac.org. For his whole career, Dr. Puente has been deeply engaged in the work he described, shaping policy and advocating for psychology and psychologists. But what does that work actually entail? For Dr. Puente, it's all about fighting for a place at the table where codes are made and reimbursement rates are set. He didn't set out to become a coding expert, but the story of how and why he did leads directly to his presidency. Well, it really goes back to when I was trying to be a professor at the university. I realized I was not making sufficient income, and I had to open up a prior practice. And I realized I was still not making sufficient income, and my peers that were called physicians were. I was trained well. I did important work. Why were they getting reimbursed at levels that were reasonable, and I wasn't? Well, when you don't feel comfortable, 
do something about it. So when I became president of North Carolina Psychological Association, I was given the opportunity not only to take care of my fiduciary responsibilities, but dream a little bit more than average. I said, I want to get codes that reflect what I do in my world, which is basically neuropsychology. So I jumped in. At that time, we had just started the practice organization with Brian Welch, who's a product of North Carolina, where I reign from. And Brian said, we have an opportunity to put some codes together. We did. And when the American Medical Association and Current Procedure Terminology Panel opened up to non-physicians to 12 non-medical professionals, psychology was one of them that had that opportunity. And with that opportunity came an appointment. I became appointed by APA in 1992-93. And for 15 years, I served as the APA advisor to the panel. There's a hundred and approximately 30 medical health specialties. I was representing one of them, that was psychology. And then through a coup, very similar to what my compadre Fidel Castro, I got involved with the 17-member panel who actually vets the proposals for the 130. There's 17 members that basically take all the proposals from the 130 medical and health specialties in the United States and divvies up 17% of the gross domestic product into 8,500 pieces of a pie. Those 17 members include Blue Cross Blue Shield, Medicare, Hospital Association of America, Insurance Association of America, and about 12 or so practitioners. I was one of the 12, and at that time, the only non medical practitioner on the panel. I served two terms and did my very best. And at the end of those two terms, I ran for and became elected president of the American Psychological Association. The focus on expanding codes and securing fair reimbursement rates is directly tied to another of Dr. Puente's primary concerns, the physician definition and claiming psychology's place in healthcare and in healthcare reform. I think I was trained as well as physicians. I provide important information and decisions about patients that include fulfilling the concept of medical necessity. And it just didn't seem acceptable that we were, if you will, considered second-class citizens. I've already felt that as a Cuban and an immigrant, and it seemed foreign to me that if you were competent and qualified, why would you be put in back of the bus? And eventually, I decided I wanted to go in front of the bus. And then I thought, I actually have a driver's license, so I could drive the bus. And then eventually, it came to me that maybe we should own the bus company. That's where we're headed. We got to lead healthcare into the correct place to make it efficient, make it cost-effective. And that's where psychology should find its place. As you heard from Catherine Nordle back in our first episode, the practice organization is also committed to this work. Dr. Puente values the PO as a practicing psychologist, and as APA president, he plans to help ensure its success and stability. I've been a founding person of the practice organization. I've contributed regularly, very supportive of what they do. It's a very important part of my professional life, and for what it's worth, a very important part of my two children's lives that are both psychologists. Having said that, What can we do? Well, I think for the short term, we have to fix two things. The number of individuals that support the PAC is abysmally low. We need to resolve that problem. Secondly, many people have exited the APAPO. We need to get those folks back. There should be no freeloaders. We should all be in the boat together. We should all pull the rope together. And finally, once we do that, we have to start thinking deeply about, is this a sustainable model? What else can we do for the long term? We, we cannot afford every so often to have these unusual budget problems. Those are things that need to be discussed for the future. But for right now, get people to contribute, get people to join, and 
let's make sure that 20,000 psychologists who are members of the APAPO do not carry the other 50, 100,000 psychologists who are out there. That's just not fair. Everybody has to carry everyone. While the PO is legally separate from APA, both organizations are part of the same big picture. Dr. Puente is optimistic about APA's future and proud of its 125-year past. What about APA? I'll start by explaining that when I became president-elect, I was handed basically the independent review and a million-dollar budget deficit. So what are we to do? Well, it was never my intention to help rebuild APA. It was my focus to build psychology through APA. But I find myself in very bad period in our history. But with a bad period is a great opportunity. We're revamping the ethics, policy, procedures, and standards. And we will hire a new CEO. It's a 125th anniversary. It's a time to celebrate that we've been here, we've been strong, we've been leaders. And it's also a great time to think about opportunities that we've never even thought about. Yes, we will do what we need to do to rebuild APA and make sure that we're here for another 125. But at the same time, there are many other things. And I hope we don't get muddled in the fact that this has been a dark period, but we've been here for 125 years. Meanwhile, Dr. Puente's continued work in Cuba helped shape his perspective on psychology and healthcare in the U.S. He says that the time is ripe for American psychologists to learn from their Cuban colleagues. Even though I lost everything in Cuba, I've extended my hand and my heart, my mind, to my colleagues in Cuba. This is a great opportunity to bridge Puente's, if you will, uh, across the Gulf. One thing is fascinating about Cuba, they have integrated psychology into healthcare. The other thing is fascinating, everybody, regardless of who you are, gets paid the same amount. So they've done a great job without actually involving economics. In the U.S., it's all about economics before we do the interface. In Cuba, it's about the interface without the economics. We might want to look at their system as a way to see how we can parcel out the two and learn some lessons from them. It's a great opportunity for us to go to Cuba, extend our, our hands, our hearts, and our minds and say, we've got a lot to offer. And also, while you're at it, why don't you teach us? That's a wrap on our second episode of Progress Notes. We'll be back next month with another podcast keeping tabs on the practice of psychology. This episode was produced by me, Hannah Calkins, with assistance from Jewel Edwards-Ashman, Barb Fisher, and Luana Bosolo. Our theme music is Cradle Rock by Blue Dot Sessions, and you also heard Late Night Tales by Lee Rosevere. Find us online at apapracticecentral.org, Facebook, or on Twitter at APA Practice. And don't forget to subscribe to Progress Notes on iTunes or SoundCloud.